Hey, you're listening to the She Did That podcast, where we highlight women of color who embody leadership, empowerment, and commitment to their community through entrepreneurship and social action. Here's where ferocity, fun, and facts all live in harmony. So stay tuned because again, you're listening to the She Did That podcast. Welcome back to the She Did That podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, someone who I have learned of recently, but I'm so excited to get to know more about. We are speaking to an author. Her name is Jane Allen. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here and to really just unpack who you are and how you got to the place that you're in today. Um, Would you like to just say a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am the author of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted and Black Girls Must Be Magic, which is forthcoming the follow-up uh, to Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, which comes out in February. Uh, and I started my career as a attorney in the music industry and, um, and then moved into branding and marketing. And I've always, I always wanted to be an author and did not realize that that was something that was feasible or uh, within reach. But I just kept writing. And when a really great idea came to me that kind of stuck to my bones, which was for Black Girls Must Die Exhausted as a trilogy, I just decided to figure out how to go for it. And um, in spite of all odds, which there have been a lot of (laughs) obstacles along the way in the journey, but it has been making its way. So, um, So that's the brief. I'm from Detroit. And, um, and I live in Los Angeles. Awesome. And there's so much about all of you that I want to unpack, but you did mention the fact that you have your book out right now called Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, which packs such a point of punch (laughs) for a title. Please tell me a little bit more of, or tell our audience more about the book and what it's about and who it's supposed to represent for sure. Sure. So uh, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, I I call it the epitaph to my 30s and I'm 43 now. And when I was in my 30s, there was just so much that I wish that um, I knew. And I felt like it could have made my life so much different, but my thirties were definitely exhausting in a lot of different ways and into my forties as well. And, um, I came up with this idea in 2016, and this was very political, you know, heavily charged political climate. And also, um, uh, if you were a black person at that time or a Brown person, there was a lot happening that just felt heavy. And I decided that I wanted to do something that could address the the weight of the times and also to recontextualize the feeling of exhaustion that I was feeling and heard echoed by so many women, especially black women that I knew. And so that was where this concept came that this word exhausted, exhaustion, how could I reframe it? How could I recontextualize it? Um, And so what I wound up doing was with the title, um, 
I thought, let's put this all in perspective. Let's think about this from, okay, right now, the feeling of exhaustion is coming from this place of feeling like I'm surviving. But what I really want to do in my life, if I look across my the whole life, my whole life, I want to be thriving. And so I wanted to write a book that would reframe the entire thing. And so I used this character, Tabitha Walker, to do that. So to, to give her the perspective that I wish I had in my 30s. And I wound up writing the book that I wish somebody had given to me when I was in my late 20s or early 30s. But that's, that's how the, the idea came about. I love that. I love that. And I really do feel like just in my reading of the book that I really do feel that sense of um, through Tabitha, like I, I feel her, I resonate with her. Like we are here, <laughs> right? Um, especially me. Like I just recently turned 26. So I've been like just going into, or at least searching for answers to questions that I never really got. And, you know, I feel like when I see characters who really speak to what I'm going through, it makes it feel a little less abnormal. Right. <laughs> and right. I feel like those types of representations are so important in literature for sure. Um, and I do have a question though. I wonder, how do you feel like what what aspect of Tabitha's journey or the character of Tabitha do you resonate with the most like where do you see her impact being for young women so I I for me Tabitha kind of represents the 30s of the professional black woman especially and there's so much about that experience that feels like um you're in a space of what are you supposed to be doing? You know, I think after your 20s, you, in your 20s, you have this space of exploration, but then when you hit 30, then it's, oh, well, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? And that's not necessarily the healthiest perspective for someone, um, especially a woman, you know, in, in the society that we live in, because a lot of things are in flux. There's a lot of things that need to be redefined, you know, especially for us to thrive. And so Tabitha is an important character because she winds up uh, experiencing, she's in that space. She's in that checklist. I'm doing what I'm thinking I'm supposed to be doing. And so everything's supposed to work out, right? Kind of space. And, uh, and then she has a crisis. For her, it happens to be a, a reproductive health crisis, a, a fertility crisis that, um, that shifts everything out of balance. But for, and I, and I picked that because the idea of reproductive health and uh, is just something that is so under discussed, especially as it pertains to black women. And you know, we, it's this sort of weird space where there's a lot of presumptions about uh, black women in this, in this space. It's also something that women, all women don't really talk about, but yet it, it affects so many. So I thought for fiction, it, what a great space to explore this topic and to normalize it, because I, I think it's just something that we need to evaluate and consider. And especially when you're younger, uh, I don't think that anything is a foregone conclusion, whether if you wanna have kids, if you don't, but I do think that having options and being aware of how all of these things play out when you're younger is so empowering. 
And so I, again, I thought, okay, wow, I wish somebody had handed me this book when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, because I, I just needed to be made aware of certain things that I didn't know um, in my own journey. I froze my eggs in my late thirties. I didn't know that you could pick an employer by the, on the basis of what kind of insurance coverage they provided and that they, and, and there are certain employers that would cover that cost. You know, that's a five figure expense. So I, I didn't know that in my early thirties. So if that could just be one thing that changes um, from this book or even the conversations that, that happened because of it, I would be, I would be thrilled, but, um, but hopefully it is representative. It, it brings additional representation into the space of fiction and literature where people do feel seen that haven't necessarily been reflected or haven't been reflected fully in fiction. You know, I, I think a lot of times you see black characters and then, you know, they're especially contemporary fiction, you know, they're black because they have a black name or black sounding name, or they're described as, you know, black, like literally like, oh, this, she's black, you know, like that's a, to me, that's a very strange thing uh, to describe a character because to me, characters are supposed to be people. They're supposed to be fully fleshed out human beings. But for some reason, you can use this, this external summary. And then all of a sudden you've summarized what it means for this person. And I thought that, you know, there's so much more than that. If, especially, you know, we think about hair and all of these journeys that we take in society, there's an internal human journey that I feel like hadn't really been fully reflected and I hadn't seen it enough. So that's where, you know, some of my wants and some of my experiences came in. For sure. Oh my God, I love that. And I love the intentionality that you put behind all of the different aspects of your characters. Like that's so important. And I think that the most important thing that I see in this whole conversation is that it's not just uh, an, a nonfiction book where you're just like, okay, here's a character, here's what they're going to go through and blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, there are little bits and pieces. It's almost like a self-help book and a nonfiction <laughs> meshed into one. And like, I feel like people don't know that they need that until they have that, you know? Right, right. And I think that's also the case. I think for Black girls, uh, for this book and this series, it's going to be one of those things that you didn't know that you needed, it, but it comes to you at the right time and in the right way. And, um, and you know, I felt like we're so busy, you know, and for me, I definitely was, and I didn't really read a lot of fiction. So I thought, wow, I would really like to use fiction to do something that was going to be helpful and constructive in my regular day-to-day -day life. And so it's, it's fiction in a different kind of way. So it's, you know, I guess if you could make the, the book version of a reality television show, that's about what this is. <laughs> It really is. And I love it. I love all the juiciness of it. I love oh, yeah. all of these things. I'm like, I'm here for it. And I really do um, think that this book came at a very pivotal time in my life as someone who I just recently quit my full-time job and I'm like, you know, going through a whole bunch of just changes all at once. And it's yeah. like, you have to make really hard decisions. You have to make <laughs> really like, bold like moves and it yeah. just it can be a lot sometimes and I think that you know having 
a book that reflects that in your free time to really just help you unpack that is so nice. So thank you for <laughs> making this book and making it at, at such a pivotal time. And I think um, that young women definitely need something like this on their bookshelves. And even just, well, of course this isn't like, you know, recorded in real time, but just the cover is so beautiful it stands out it captures our melon in such a beautiful way oh my gosh it's just perfect yes I I really that was intentional also I I just think that having those positive representations and having stories that are you know fully fleshed out people who remind you of could be yourself people that you know where it's not just you know some loose summary but the real internal journey and the real human story of who these people are I just think it's important I think you know the celebration of 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 who we are is important and that that's what this book is intended to do it 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 acknowledges uh the challenges but it really celebrates who we are in spite of those challenges which I think warrants even more celebration you know so uh so that is, this is, this book is intended to be that kind of a celebration. So I'm glad that you're experiencing it that way. Yes, for sure. I am. And um, I do want to kind of get into your story, your background and how you got to this point. You referenced it a little bit at the beginning of our conversation about, you know, how you have gone through multiple careers. You yeah. went to Duke, you went to Harvard Law, like, you have so many things in your repertoire. I just want to know how you got to this point. Well, I got to this point, I think the, I can tell you the moment where my journey kind of like Tabitha is veered off. And for me, it was uh, when I was in law school, there was just one day where yeah, I, I had a permanent offer after my first year, which is unusual but it made me start to think, wow, the rest of my life is kind of mapped out if I take this path and I know exactly what's going to happen. And I don't know that that is going to feel good. You know, I don't know that that's the pot of gold at the end of all this hard work (laughs) of the rainbow here. Um, And so I just took a moment for myself and allowed myself to dream about what would make me, if that didn't feel like that would be fulfilling, what would be fulfilling? And just those few minutes thinking like that on my sofa, daydreaming a little bit, I, you know, but dreaming uh, really shifted my course because what came up for me did not look like the track that I was on. And, but I was clear about what I wanted. I wanted to be in the music industry and I, I wanted to do it in a unconventional way. And um, and that path started to unfold for me. And you know, the opportunity to do that thing that I had been dreaming about came up and I was able to recognize it and veer off of the track that I was on. And that, w- and that set me on a whole different path in my life. But it also started me in the practice of pausing to dream and to ask myself, what is it I really want? What do I want to experience? What is going to be fulfilling? And when it doesn't look like what and align with where I'm headed and what I'm doing, it's also given me the courage to make a change. And I think that's been one of the most important things um, that has led to even this with, with becoming an author and writing a book, 
continuing to check in with myself and when it's time to make a change, going ahead and making that change. Which is a pivotal moment. That's, that's the most <laughs> important moment when it comes to those things. And I'm glad that you were able to pivot and to find empowerment in that pivot. You know, I feel like sometimes that turning that corner can seem a little daunting, but it makes the most of the journey when you finally reach the destination or even you're starting to climb towards that destination. You're getting closer and closer um, to what you imagine for yourself, which is so great. <laughs> well, what I will say, though, is as you go, the bar keeps moving. You know, the, the fit, there's no finish line. So I think that's something really, really important to, to recognize, especially as you start following your dreams, because it is challenging. There's fireballs that get thrown at you. There's obstacles. There's, you know, the illusion that something might feel impossible or, you know, or feel like it's further away than it actually is. And you have to stay motivated and kind of have that tunnel vision toward what it is that you want and believe in that thing in spite of all the other things that you know come within your field of vision that that look like obstacles so um but there's no finish line so once you get so it's like you'll find yourself at a place that you're like you were dreaming about a year ago or two years ago but in that moment where you get there it's just a it's just a milestone it's just a blip it's not the finish line because you'll have had you'll have created another finish line by that point so it's just important to remember to celebrate. Um, I remember uh, Oprah, I was reading something that Oprah was saying that she said she kept a gratitude journal and it was one of the most important practices that she established for herself. I definitely do that. So I have, I write down periodically, I'm so thankful that this happened and I was able to accomplish this and this and this and this. So I remember when I get to certain places that are you know, I passed that thing that I wanted so badly at a certain point, I can remember, I, you know, I accomplished this, remember this happened, remember, there was a day where you really thought that this was like the hardest thing ever. And now that you're here, there's some other thing you're focused on that feels like the hardest thing ever. But if you accomplish the other thing, you're going to do this too. So it's just a, a reminder to celebrate and, and to remember that you know the same you that was capable of all these other things is capable of everything the same you that was capable of all the things behind you is capable of all the things in front of you as well i love that oh my god i'm sorry to get a little ratchet but i'm just like yes that is <laughs> i love that saying i really do like i mean essentially that is what it is you know you've gotten this far who yeah. says that you can't get past the next and the next and the next that's right for sure um I really also wanted to get into if is there one person is there one person or a few people um who have been instrumental in that process is there anyone who kind of mentored you someone that you dedicate towards some of your success like who's who's a part of you a lot of people that are a part of me actually uh no there's not just one person I, I have you know fantastic parents and grandparents who have had and led their own journeys that were improbable journeys and I think a lot of people probably who have family members that have been living the experience of blackness <laughs> in this society you know have accomplished things in spite of 
all kinds of odds and obstacles. And to me, that is the ultimate underdog story. Just that alone, you know, all of the things that um, as a people we've accomplished and, and, um, and managed to do. And my family has those stories. And thankfully, you know, I've, I've had the benefit of hearing them throughout my life uh, and, and having them shared with me. So that's always been an inspiration. I, I know, you know, where I, I come from and I know how the, those things were accomplished. You know, my, my dad was the first in his family to go to college, you know, and, and wound up having an incredible career. And, uh, and my grandmother, you know, came from the segregated, you know, quasi South West Virginia and, uh, and wound up, you know, getting a master's degree, you know, and so all of those things, I see that for what it is, you know, I see, it seems like small little accomplishments that, you know, uh, yeah, of course, you know, people get master's degrees, but yeah, but do you know what she had to do to get that master's degree? So I love having those stories of, you know, kind of those accomplishments and, and recognizing what it means. It means something different when somebody has the journey and you and you've heard the journey. So I always pay attention to the journey. And um, I've had the benefit. I worked for Prince uh, in my life and he was an incredible mentor, uh, especially when it came to the experience of being an artist. And uh, at the time that I worked for him, I was uh, it was in the business side. It was, you know, and but he spent a lot of time talking to me about being an artist. And I had no idea I was going to write Black Girls Must Die Exhausted at that time at all. And I was like, why are we having these conversations? <laughs> I had no idea I was going to need it uh, in my, you know, in the way that I, I have. So that has been helpful. I just feel like there's always teachers that show up, you know, unexpectedly along the way. And I mean, from the person maybe that I'm sitting next to on the airplane to, you know, a, 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 a superstar, you know, or, uh, and, and, you know, people that to my neighbor, you know, who's, uh, I don't know, I just, I, there's so many people that, that speak life into my journey and I'm also paying attention. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm getting, I, I get inspiration from the, um, extraordinary and the ordinary. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I mean, having the opportunity, I think that's so important what you just said about paying attention to those building blocks. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're, you're keen on them. You remember them. You remember these key, like key moments that happened throughout your journey, not knowing what they would amount to right. <laughs> later or in any other moment that pops up in your life. And that is just, remarkable about how life works sometimes yeah so there's, a, there's always a, a lesson if somebody's all you know if you're paying attention somebody's always giving you a gift yeah. or a gem for that you'll need you just never know there's always these you know unexpected treasures and um, and so I've learned to pay attention and and look for them and listen for them and listen to them so uh, you never know it could be in the grocery store. <laughs> Let me tell you, like there are crazy places that people will be like, yes, girl, like I am watching you. I see you. Right. Like it'll happen at the most random times. And it just, you don't know how much it fills your cup, even right. if it is a small moment that you have with someone in the grocery store or at the gym or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Um, I personally want to know 
what was what the best and or the worst advice that you've ever received and why was it the best or the worst um oh that's a that's an interesting one uh i would have to really think about that to give you the best the best I, in the in the moment now i think um what am i using now i think some of the best advice i've gotten has been about mindset and about um accomplishing what you need to accomplish in spite of circumstances around you and just having a focus on your mindset and and uh maintaining how what your vision is and what you're looking at you know so as long as you're looking at what your goals are the rest of the stuff that's swirling around you is something that will pass away um you know and and i think that at the time that somebody said this to me <laughs> the the what they actually said was like it will pass and i was so livid you know that because i at the time i was like what do you mean it will pass you know what kind of it what kind of thing is that to say to somebody you know i would give you so much more thoughtful advice but uh but now today i think that is advice with with context if you stay focused on your goal and keep walking everything else around you that's swirling will pass it will pass whether it's feelings whether it's emotions whether it's doubt if you stay focused it will pass so that was some of the best and worst advice <laughs> that i've ever gotten um the the worst advice i've ever gotten usually starts with uh the like realistically or i'm just i'm just saying i'm just being a realist if somebody starts something and says i'm just being a realist then you should probably just check out for a moment mentally because what they're doing is imposing their view of reality on you and what you're trying to do is create your reality so you have to make sure that you know the difference and what's happening there so any time that somebody said i'm just being a realist whatever followed that was the worst advice i ever got Ooh, that is real like <laughs> i mean i think i have definitely received advice like that and it's automatically like negative Nancy. And it's like, okay. Terrible. Yeah. Right? Just <laughs> trash, pure trash. Like, no, mm -mm. just Thank discard you. it. Yeah. So that, that whatever followed that, I mean, I, I think when you get on a path of, of trying to, you know, reach whatever it is for your fulfillment, what you're trying to do, what you're doing is creating your reality and for people to impose on you what's already happened and expect to, that to be your limitation is unfair and it's counterproductive so mm -hmm. so just knowing you know what's gonna follow if somebody says that it's like oh i know where you're headed i know where you're what you're about to say <laughs> so you have to protect protect yourself yes protect yourself because not all, not all your friends are really your friends, okay? Right, right, right. So for sure. And, and people can be well-meaning, you know, it's just that they're telling you life as they see it. And you may not have the same limitations. You may not have the same capabilities. You may not have the same purpose. You don't. So you have to take it with a grain of salt, you know? And I think the sooner you learn that in life, the better off. And I learned it early enough where I could make 
make my path, you know, it's, and live out some of the things I wanted to live out. Uh, so, you know, I, if I would, that would be one of the things that I definitely would, would want to share with people. Definitely. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> and I also kind of want to go back to the book a little bit in relation to just real life things and having people in your circle. Um, one of the undertones that I was thinking of throughout the book was this idea of like friendships in adulthood, you mm -hmm. know, like having friends who are different phases of life and, you know, with different values and all of those things. Like, I know for me, it's been something that's been on my heart, just trying to feel out like, who's with me, who's not yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just feeling out who your tribe is going to be. And I would love to know your take about how friendships like, you know, evolve over time. Yeah. Well, in, in Black Girls with Diagnostic with Tabitha, she has her two best friends. She has her childhood uh, best friend, Alexis, who she grew up with, but they had very different lives. You know, Alexis got married early and she has two kids, whereas, you know, Tabby hasn't had kids yet. And then there's Laila, who is kind of a free spirit and, and doing her own thing, but is still, you know, handling her business professionally and just kind of has marches to the beat of her own drummer. And, but the, the, the thing that, is still happening in the background is that everybody's hiding something, you know, with your friends, you don't always share everything. You don't always show up, you know, as your full self. And because sometimes you're afraid or you think, oh, you know, my friend loves me, but are they going to judge me or, you know, or all just human stuff. And so I really wanted these people to be fully fleshed out humans and, uh, and imperfect. So they're all hiding something. Thing. And that starts to, as, as Tabby unravels, their stuff starts unraveling. And as a writer in fiction, I get to push them to the point where they do unravel. And I think in regular life, you know, a lot of times you don't get to see past the facade and the veneer, but in fiction, you do. <laughs> I get to, I get to throw them, you know, put throwing up at them that they're going to have to unravel. And so we get to see, you know, what they're hiding and, and what, who they really are and what's, what are they really concerned about? What are they really worried about? And you know, what are they really trying to do? And in the case of this book, they're also trying to figure out fulfillment in various ways. And, um, and the, the key of this though, is that friendships are uh, imperfect because the people in them are imperfect, but yet they're still so powerful. And yet they are perfect in that way that, you know, her, Tabby's friends, even hiding stuff, even imperfectly, even when, you know, all of whatever it is at the end of the day, they're there for each other. Mm -hmm. And that to me is just such a beautiful thing. And, and I wanted to show that and celebrate. And I thought it was really important for the friendships to be imperfect and still be celebrated and still, because that's, that, that is how it is. And, and sometimes we don't even notice it or realize it, but that's something to, to see and celebrate. For sure. Yes, I definitely agree. And I think that despite what your friends are going through, even if it's something that you <laughs> might not specifically do, right. or be in, like to still support them through that regardless to be just to hang in there yeah. is such an important lesson. I think, especially in the days of, I feel like relationships, whether it's romantic or not, we're pretty throwaway. Right. Right. And exactly. It's like we need to learn the value of commitment, even if it is 
to like, you know, friends and like, you know, other people that you need. Right. Well, a lot of times our friendships wind up being our most stable relationships in adulthood, especially, you know, in these days and times, it seems like. So, yes, you know, a lot of some things are throwaway, but you can learn the value of a relationship and commitment with whomever it is. And, you know, maybe your soulmates are your friends, you know, and who knows, you know, people get married, people get divorced, people have relationships, people have breakups, but having that consistent, you know, whatever people or person, whoever it is that forms the found your, the backbone of, you know, who your friendships and your relationships are. A lot of times that's your friends, no matter what. So, you know, that's, that's just something. And I, and, and that's a beautiful thing too. So. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I one want to say thank you for having all of this information for us. I do have one last question though. Yeah. Um, we have a very wide audience of young women who are, you know, of course going through life and like going through life during the pandemic and all of these other things that are happening. What would be your last word of advice toward to young women, especially young women of color who are I know this book is definitely filled with advice <laughs> and you dropped so many gems throughout this interview alone, but I just want to say like, what's your mic drop? Like, what is that lasting point that you want young women to know? Uh, I would say that it is important to celebrate yourself and to celebrate each day as a victory because it really is. I, you know, I say I've yesterday tried to take you out and, uh, and today, <laughs> you know, is, is a victory in and of itself. And to just look at yourself in that way and, and to really recognize yourself for the accomplishments that you've had, kind of what we talked about before that, you know, you, the same you that made it through those things that you've accomplished and just remember those things and, and don't discount your accomplishments just because you're already past it. The same you that made the accomplishments of yesterday is, is going to be the you that makes the accomplishments of tomorrow. So celebrate yourself because you're more powerful than you realize. Yes, for sure. All righty. And also, actually, I did want to, I did mention this before we even hopped on the phone for this, like for this call, but I did also want to just touch upon the fact that so people don't get confused. Yeah. We have Jane Allen. Yes. Who is that is the pen name for this book. Yes. And then we have Janique. And yes. I just wanted to <laughs> point that out. And I want you just to be able to speak to why you did that. Yes. And um, also just, is there like, what's the significance? I just want to know what's the T. Like, how do you, how do you get <laughs> what's to this the point? Tea, um, so my, my given name is Janique Aileen. And so when I decided to write this book, uh, I was in a very conservative kind of environment. I was scared to put out my first fiction novel. Um, I wound up having to put it out on my own um, because I had a lot of friction with gatekeepers when I originally approached traditional publishing. Thankfully, that's been resolved. And, the, you know, this book is out on Harper Perennial, Harper Collins, and it's, it, everything worked out lovely. But at the time, when I first set on this journey, it was not like this. It was, it was sort of me against the world. And so what I decided to do was to create, a, make a space for myself. 
um, to be able to be an artist because that was very unfamiliar for me. So I created a space where I would be unafraid to say what I needed to say, do what I wanted to do, exactly what I wanted to do. And, uh, and that was what Jane Allen became for me. So that was, that is, that's my space to go in and, and create, you know, and not uh, without unfettered creation and, and without, you know, concern. So it's kind of like my version of Sasha Fierce as, a, as an author. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe I'll write other stuff under my given name. Well, I have written nonfiction under my, my given name, but I just wanted to create this space that was going to be um, a space for expression and, and to not have any excuses not to move forward. So that's where Jane Allen came from. Uh, and uh, I, I'm enjoying this because it's, it's, it, is, it is a set aside space for me to, for my, for fiction and, and, and just to, to be um, a different aspect to myself. And I guess you have to make room for yourself and create space for yourself in the world. And that's one way that I did it for myself. I love it. I love it. I love the alter ego. I love the- You know, sometimes you got to change your name when you need to do a new thing. Yes. (laughs) I am here for it. Well, thank you for being here with me and my listeners today. I absolutely love this conversation. Every little bit of it just warms my heart. And I'm so excited that we could have this conversation. Um, Once again- Let's just reiterate that it is Black Girls Must Die Exhausted yes. by Jane <laughs> Allen. And you can pick it up at on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Okay, we are here. In, in it, we're in Target. Store. If you go in Target, it, it's, it's there. It's, it's yes. everywhere. It should everywhere. be everywhere. In the airport. Yeah, that, that is something to celebrate. I'm so excited because, honey, we, where we started, it was not like that. So... <laughs> <laughs> which is probably another conversation for another, another time, conversation absolutely yeah for sure so thank you so much for being here is there anywhere where um like my audience if they can like get not in contact with you well I mean if they can if they wanted to or you know just see you on social media where can yes you I'm you? Jane Allen writes j-a-y-n-e-a-l-l-e-n writes w-r-i-t-e-s at, on Instagram, that's where I've spent most of my social media time. And my website's janeallen.com and I do have a newsletter. So those are the best ways to be in touch. And, uh, and I definitely look forward to people joining the community and being on the journey, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And welcome to the She Did That Fam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it so much. Don't forget to rate and review. I love hearing your feedback for sure. If you want to see more coming from this platform and community, please consider making a contribution at buymeacoffee.com slash she did that. Also, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at she did that pod for more goodies as well. Thank you.